when Sony Michelle is getting personal fouls, that something's gone wrong for crying out loud. Do we really have to talk about it? That was my first thought when Will and Tony were texting me to find out what time we were going to record this podcast episode. You know how it is, because you felt the same way yesterday after the Georgia loss. It was a lot of denial and anger. You wanted to sit back and enjoy watching those late games with the Georgia Victory Cigar, Port Sip and Bourbon, knowing that the dogs had already handled their business, but you couldn't because of the 40-17 to beatdown that you just witnessed. But as you passed in and out of the bargaining and depression stages of the loss, you eventually did watch Bama and Miami win. You did read a couple of post-game articles about the dogs. And similar to you, yes, after experiencing those same emotions, the three of us did record this podcast. And I'm happy we did because the fifth stage of grief is indeed acceptance. And it's time for everyone, coaches, players, and fans, to put this loss behind us and move on to Kentucky. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 115 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me to discuss the dog's loss to Auburn this past weekend. It's not all bad news, because as you'll hear later in the episode, Georgia does have a second chance at all of this, but there is zero margin for error anymore. Here's Will. First off, um, I thought I was very impressed by Rayshon Hammonds. That's a key recruit for Mark Fox, and I think it's going to help with the backcourt situation for them moving forward. All right, 40 to 17, I believe, is where that ended. I was hiding under the couch, 40-17, when that finally went down. We were kind of texting during the game. We had a little bit of a debate as to what the main culprit was in uh, kind of this face plant, whether it was Auburn doing everything it wanted to do and playing at its optimum level, or whether it was Georgia kind of being a little bit too hyped up for this game and making tons of mistakes. And I think the ultimate answer we landed on is that we were all correct. Um, you know, I was pondering this last night that it may be the worst thing that happens to drive right down the field. It almost felt too easy and it, you hate to think that way, but we showed a lack of poise. The, the coach was our coach. Um, and if it had been the young guys and it was, it was some of the young guys, but I mean, Sonny Michelle picked up a personal foul for heaven's sakes. Mm-hmm. Um, when's the last time that happened? Yesterday, we lost to a better coach, a better team that played more physical football and it showed. You know, I kind of saw the first drive a little bit differently uh, than you did, Tony, because that third down conversion seemed like kind of a lucky throw and a lucky grab. I mean, it was a great grab by Wims, and he made a couple of really outstanding grabs, but I didn't feel as confident in that we would be able to move the ball at will against Auburn, kind of like how, how we have uh, in the past this year. And so I was a little bit hesitant and I was, I was excited that we had scored that touchdown and I was excited that we held them to um, field goals. But the fact that they kept driving, I knew that that dam would break pretty soon. And I think you're you're kind of right. They just were not ready to play as a number one team. And <laughs> they completely looked at that. That's the most miserable way to lose when you just realize your team has lost control of themselves. And it, it's, it does not make for a fun game to watch. Even when your team loses, those are the worst kind to watch. Yeah. It, I mean, frankly, 
this did not in almost every way resemble the team that has gotten everybody so excited, whether it was uh, the weird Mal- the Malcolm Parrish hitting the uh, the running back out of bounds or Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, you're right. Tony, like for crying out loud. When Sony Michelle is getting personal fouls, that something's gone wrong for crying out loud. McCall Hardiman makes that that ridiculous uh, lack of uh, dropping of the fair catch. Uh, DeAndre Walker and the punt thing, which to me, if that's not something that's pounded into their brains, that you can't, that that's illegal and you can't do that, that's its own problem. It did not resemble the team that we've been watching all year. The thing that that would hold, goes, holds hand in hand with is this was also the first time they have trailed since that Notre Dame game. This is a team that has been able to play ahead and play uh, against against weaker teams all year. The more alarming thing than just that Auburn knocked them around, because I think you can, you know, you can see why that might be the case. You can see why Georgia may have come in a little bit too jumping out of their skin. Uh, I really think that's what they were doing. I think they were just kind of too amped up and, and, and got ahead of themselves. But to me, the more alarming thing is the way that they responded Really, for the first time that they've been punched in the mouth in two months, uh, if that's how they respond, uh, that speaking of things that I didn't know about this team coming in, I'm surprised to see that. And that's almost as worrisome as just kind of the upfront man to man matchups that you're losing underneath. Well, we continue to forget that we have a true freshman starting quarterback, two true freshmen starting on the offensive line. And, you know, the kind of go back to a recurring theme and thinking about you know, coaching tests for Kirby. There's no doubt that, that the staff failed this one. And we can I'm sure we can talk about play calling here and there. We can talk about defensive uh, decisions here and there. But the interesting thing for me this week is going to be see how the team responds and the coaches respond to this. I, I, I think Danielson said it yesterday. You know, Kirby talked about that there is a burden of being the number one team. You have to be able to carry that burden. Clearly, they did for a week and then they didn't for the second week. But part of what teams go through if you're the number one is you sometimes will lose as number one. And how you react is as important because I, you know, clearly yesterday they did not react real well. But there are still, and, and Will, I know you're going to get to this, but Everything that you want to accomplish is still in front of you. Yeah, and I think that's the larger thing is there's an argument to be made if you were feeling uncharitable toward Georgia this year is that they beat a Notre Dame team that A, had not really found itself, and B, I think was a little exposed uh, on Saturday against a team against a, a team coached by someone I don't remember who was very uh, they were particularly fired up for that game. You've got Mississippi State where you were particularly rammed up to uh, to be the team that just came off a very emotional win, and then you've played a bunch of really lousy teams. <laughs> and, and the first time that you play a non-lousy team, not only do you struggle, which often happens when you're playing non-lousy teams. And this was peak Auburn. I think this is, it's not fair to just call them a non-lousy team. This is probably as good a game as they've played in a couple of years. They 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 were elated uh, uh, in this game. This was their ideal game. And boy, we're they happy about it at the end of the game, which was fun to watch, which is its own discussion. But there's an argument to be made that we were maybe all a little bit too excited about a team that has really 
that because the schedule looked tougher because Notre Dame was number three and they'd wiped out Mississippi State, we felt this team was more dominant than it was when the fact is it's really just that Florida is terrible this year and Tennessee is terrible this year. And the other and, and Missouri scored some got 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 almost got right against Georgia. And uh and South Carolina played them pretty tough. I still think it's exciting for me to say you're right. All the goals that Georgia wants to accomplish are still on the table. But man, oh man, the last thing I was thinking uh, at the end of this game was, hey, don't worry, guys. There's still a chance they can win the national, they can make it to the playoff and win the national championship. I just wanted to get out of there alive. Well, and think about it also. Every road game they've had, there's been at least 25,000 Georgia fans there, you know, <laughs> probably the least amount being at Tennessee. And this was a pro. Uh, there was no Auburn fans selling their tickets to Georgia fans. I mean, there was the minimum amount of Georgia fans there and that place. I mean, everybody, I would say the uh, vast majority of people listening to this podcast have been to Auburn and that can be a very loud and intimidating environment, especially with Auburn people uh, crowding the stands. And that, that kind of stands alone for a discussion in and of itself is Auburn people. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, had this game been at home and started out just like that, i I beg to differ that they would have come unhinged. Like they they still might've lost, but I don't anticipate them having the game of all the just swing and misses that they occurred uh, happening. I mean, this, you know, hindsight's 2020, but here's the good news. They absolutely have a mulligan. This is a mulligan. They, they can burn the tape. They can talk about the tape. They can practice hard this week. And as long as they're refocused in and the crowd is behind them and doesn't just jump ship. Like you've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying, Oh, don't jump ship on this team. I don't think the true Georgia fans will, as long as they come back prepared and I'm, I have every faith in the coaching staff. They will. And the fans show up. I think good things are ahead for Kentucky. And then we're going to have to kind of have another gut check time against Georgia tech. But the caveat there, there's a lot of people, a lot of Georgia fans. There's going to be a lot of red in that Georgia tech stadium. I know I'm going to be there. If they can just get past this and get back on the the winning streak, I think we're going to be okay. It will. One one thing I do want to point out, though, and and you, I want to be careful that we don't take away too much. I think I think your assessment right is that again the season. I think we all felt like Georgia was going to be a couple lost team. It's just they didn't look like it for the better part of ten weeks. But there is one thing that is concerning moving forward. It really felt like we got. Um, it felt like at times we got really hard headed about the run. Um, and I think that is probably the most of, of all the, th- all the things I've seen on Twitter or Facebook, whatever the complaint, that is the one thing that I feel to be the most probably correct is that we ran the ball, what, 48, nine times, uh, passed it 20 something times. We tried to throw it a couple more times, but, uh, Jake Fromm got, got, um, got housed on what four times he got sacked. So, you know, it, it never felt like we ever called the run, uh, run pass option where Jake was supposed to keep the ball. I kept, I kept actually looking for that. And it felt like we were trying to run the ball up the middle an awful lot against a team that was clearly, clearly they're pinning their ears back betting that either through the pass or the run, we couldn't get to the second level. And for the most part, they were right. Yeah, it was weird. There were there weren't a lot of screen passes. Passes. There were a lot of play actions. It felt like that initial matchup. I think they assumed that Auburn was going to run in a bunch and Georgia was going to run in a bunch and Georgia had the advantage of five great running backs when Auburn only had one. And that seemed to be the plan. And, and, you know, one of the things, and I, listen, we all love that this team has a plan. We've all loved this about the year. They've followed through plans, but we've also particularly loved 
the flexibility. We've seen the adjustments that they make. We've talked about how good they've been in the first half, in the first quarter, and the third quarter, the halftime adjustments. He didn't get that sense this time. This really felt like they were still going to pound forward. They had their ideas of what they were going to do. Uh, that. <clears throat> there was that one third and one uh, uh, draw play, uh, third and two draw play, when it felt like you might, in the third quarter, you felt like, okay, here we go. Maybe they're going to get going. And uh, they had like a third, I think it was a second one, and they ended up not getting the first down because they got stubborn in that way. Um, I, I, I joked a little bit uh, uh, with a couple of friends on, uh, through text that, about the about the from Eason thing, from I mean, the, I on one hand, yes, it'd be uh, you. There's a couple passes where I think Eason might be able to make instead of from, but and, and I think from was not perfect in any stretch of the imagination. But man, no one would have been perfect as much as he was under fire uh, in this, and I think he actually showed considerable toughness to being able to keep getting drilled like that and keep popping back up and really charging forward. I, I to me, you learned a little bit about from in this game too, both his weak weaknesses uh, and his strengths. And uh, one thing, Scott, you kind of mentioned about the Kentucky game. I, I have to say, you know, again, I'm I'm a new guy here, but if there are people that are like, lose it, like, like, oh, I'm not going to Kentucky now or anything like that, like, then I don't, that's even worse than the Liberty Bowl junk from, from last year. I mean, for crying out loud, the, I, I was frustrated by the loss too. And, you know, I wonder if this touches on what we talked a little bit earlier about how if Georgia loses a game, if half the fan base is going to go, there goes Georgia again. And for me, you know, this, this looks like a, uh, a reaction and a result of what this team is doing, not what Georgia historically is doing. I still feel like this is a good team. I still like, to me, the argument that Georgia maybe was a year ahead of schedule a little bit, uh, you saw a little bit of that come out a little bit and how from might not quite have been ready. And some of those freshmen might not quite have been ready and some of the staff might not have been ready. And it's a, hopefully it's a learning thing. The goals are still in front of them, but frankly, let's, let's like, Let's deal with Kentucky <laughs> and deal with Georgia Tech before we start talking about uh, a national uh, getting in the college football playoff because this uh, this did not look like a college football playoff team not just with the way that Auburn beat them but all the mistakes that they mistakes that they made. Yeah, don't believe what you'll read in the papers or the and nobody reads a paper anymore, but read online <laughs> this week about people saying that Georgia could be in trouble because no, I, I saw one stat, kind of the gleaming one saying that no team has made the college football playoff that lost by a margin more than 13 points and Georgia lost by 23 and it wasn't even really that close. Don't believe that because Georgia is playing in the sec championship game. If they can get by Kentucky and get by Georgia tech, and then by some way to get, get themselves back together and beat either a very good Alabama team or a very good Auburn team. It doesn't matter which team it is. The sec champion with a one loss will go. So don't believe any of the pundits and don't worry when you see Bama ranked first and then Clemson and Miami ranked second and then Oklahoma fourth and Georgia outside and behind Auburn. It doesn't matter. These are just kind of projections. All Georgia needs to do is just refocus. The fans need to refocus and then just play their game kind of like they have been and forget about Auburn and everything will work out just fine. Let's go ahead and we'll probably go talk about this a little more when we record this week. Let's go talk about the elephant in the room. So I've seen a couple and it's frankly, it's cheap and easy. Ha ha ha. Georgia fired Mark Rick and here they are going to be in the top four in Georgia, Georgia. Uh, so it wasn't Rick. I don't, I don't, it's fine. That's a, that's a great narrative. It sells newspapers. It's, it's easy clickbait. But the reality is, is that both teams, both Georgia and Miami, 
they've gotten what they bargained for out of the changes, right? And it's the, they're absolutely they're while they're linear and it's interesting, they're utterly non-related outside of Mark Riggs and I coach at Miami. If Georgia doesn't make a change uh, in November of uh, December fifteenth, and they they're utterly independent of one another. So I just. I, I had somebody ask me about a church this morning. I was like, oh, whatever. I mean, you know, <laughs> good for Coach Rick. I'm happy for them. This, I don't know that this is – and it's frankly too early to see if this was a quote-unquote Georgian. Because the reality is is that I think we lost a better prepared team yeah. who, who wanted to show up and play. We didn't go out and lose to a South Carolina team that right. finished 8-4. and four. We lost to a team that has really gotten themselves together the past month after – Frankly, it was probably a bad loss to LSU, and we met a buzzsaw and got and, and met adversity and did not handle it very well. Met adversity against a very good football team, so let's be careful about calling this a Georgia ing because the reality is is that they're not in one football team, and we still could end up in the neighborhood of nine and three. Uh, I'm a ten and three. I don't think we will, but. Until this plays out, it's really hard to say this was a Georgian. Yeah, I totally agree. I saw our, our, our pal Baricelli called it a Clemson. I just don't think – like, you're right. South Carolina loss would have been a Clemson. Uh, a Florida yes. loss would have been a Clemson. This, yes. is not, this is a really good team that you can make an argument is better than Georgia right now. And that's why – Scott, I agree with you, and I, I think everybody's – and this is not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. However – Georgia got whipped. Like I think it's I, I think it's like not like I feel like you have to take something about this team that that I think goes beyond just okay, that's all right. That's all right. We're all right. We just had one bad game. Now uh, we're going to be fine. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll put it this way. I watched that Alabama-Mississippi State game last night. I'm not sure Alabama's beaten Auburn, to be entirely honest with you. Like, Alabama's got all problems of their own right now. Uh, I have to say, as someone, I knew I was start, I was coming more and more of a Georgia guy because I was uh, uh, about ready to put my foot through the TV. Uh, you can't really do that anymore. TVs are on the wall and they're flat. But you know what I mean. <laughs> the phrase of putting your foot through a TV of when Malzahn called that pass, which he se- seemed apologetic for and he seemed like he did not actually want to do it. But when he called that pass, I was like, ooh, I want these guys in the SEC championship very badly. Well, <laughs> well that, and he took a timeout to challenge a first down with two right. minutes left. Right, exactly. hey, hey, you know what? Hey, that's right. Winners get to do that. You get to do that as a winner. And before we start whining about it, yes. um, I will say that is one of my father's favorite phrases. The sun does not shine on the same dog's ass every day. So he just needs to remember that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I would love – and I will say, I mean, to me, that that's what's fascinating about this is – they're what's I, I the Scott Scott I think the key thing to your point I think it's definitely true is they need to refocus not to worry refocusing on guys we can still get all of our goals they need to refocus on beating Kentucky and beating Georgia Tech because if they can do those two things yes then also they will be able to play for a spot in the college football playoff but more to the point they will have taken this big punch and they will have gotten right back to where they need to go and give them an opportunity to play again we're two we- we're uh, you know we're two weeks away from that game but Man, oh man, that Auburn Alabama game, the way Auburn played yesterday and the way Alabama played, not just, uh, not uh, Alabama to me, it was fun to watch. It was amazing to watch Mississippi State run through Alabama pretty easily. <laughs> and I know Alabama's got some injury issues uh, at linebacker, but you can run on them in a way that I'm not sure they, uh, that you can run on Auburn right now. So the idea of getting Alabama or a rematch of Auburn in that game, if, uh, with college football playoff, uh, playoff on the line is not an unintentional 
icing win no matter what happens. But now you got to re- come back from this, take care of Kentucky, take care of Georgia Tech, and then come back. And the last thing, Tony, talking about your Rick thing. I have a hard time. I know I like to. Uh, I've had. I've had fun making fun of a certain segment of the fan base, but it's really hard. The number of people who said "screw Mark Rick, he's gone," and now are saying, "Oh well, look what Georgia did." Like those are not completely independent circles of one another. Like I think there is a certain kind of fan that just wants to be pissy. And I, and, and I, and I think that, I think that's that kind of fan. And, and for me, I am very happy for Mark Rick. I was cheering for them. I know it wasn't even good for Georgia because I know Notre Dame was their big win, but man, I, I found it hard not to be happy for him and to be happy for them. And I hope, to be honest, I hope they whip Clemson too. So, uh, I, I, I was very happy for them. What they're doing is independent of what Georgia is doing. To me, the, I, the only way we always talked about how all the pundits always want and they do the preseason bowl prediction. Miami and Georgia are going to play. Miami and Georgia are going to play. And nobody wants that unless it's in a playoff game because then we won't care. And uh, that, to me, is the ideal circumstance. So if he's doing this, good for him. It's up to Georgia to be able to match him. I think that it's safe to say with Notre Dame's loss, the four major conferences are going to be represented. Pac-12's out, so you're going to have the Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, and SEC champions Um, I just can't, unless something weird happens, which it probably could on the next two weeks, but that's pretty much how it's going to look out. I think it's good that Notre Dame lost because that kind of takes out that little wild card variable. And I don't think that, um, you know, you'll see some people trying to inch up central Florida, but they're, they're not a power five that it would have to be complete chaos for them to sneak in. Yeah, the I I think the one thing you're hoping for to maybe sneak in two SEC teams is uh, Alabama to beat Auburn, uh, Georgia to beat Alabama, uh, and that maybe and then uh, Wisconsin lose. I yeah, that could happen. Yeah, that, that could happen. But other than that, I think you're right. I think this is there's actually it's there's still chaos, but it's more orderly chaos. But I think the major thing is Georgia can still do it, but that is a question. They got a lot of other problems to solve before that's even something we can talk about. It's a shame because again, as we talked about, if they have won Saturday, we're already uh, there's. I mean, they're just in such a great position uh, now. They got to win out, and uh, you know what? Most so does everybody else. So so now uh, so now George is in the same spot as everybody else. So maybe maybe it's ultimately just. So the the one last thing I I, I want to say about this is that you know if you're a Georgia fan and thinking like oh the season's ruined or whatever like I I'm as disappointed as the next guy that we lost the way we lost and did not look even outside of the first drive like we belonged on the same field with Auburn and that is hard that's disappointing and I feel the same way and I would I'd feel the same way if we were two and ten. Uh, or 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 nine and one. So if you're one of the fans like, oh, I ain't going to any more games, and I don't care if we win the SEC, whatever. Fine, sell sell me your tickets. I need Kentucky tickets. I need Tech tickets. Yeah, I don't want you in the stands. Frankly, <laughs> I don't want you in the stands. So just you know, do do that. Sit at home, as as Will said, be pissy. Fine, give it up, but show up and support Georgia. Well, and my last point is with the team kind of with the makeup of Georgia with, you know, a coaching staff in its second year. And yeah, there's a lot of juniors and seniors, but there's also a lot of young guys on this team. Chances are Georgia was cruising for uh, a game like they had yesterday. And in my opinion, I'm glad they went ahead and had it because one, we've talked about how they do have that mulligan and you sure would have hated for them to somehow win this game and then lay an egg against Kentucky, Georgia Tech or in the championship game. So, you know, it gives them something to coach them up about. All right, Chance. Kentucky, 
coming up. Well, at the very least, everyone gets, no matter what happens, we all get to say goodbye to Nick Chubb and company, and Sonny Michelle and company on Saturday. A bummer of a loss, but again, everything's still out there. There's so many more things to celebrate. And I will be at the next three Georgia games, no matter what happens. And to be honest, the SEC Championships game game tickets just got a little cheaper. <laughs> they just got a little <laughs> cheaper. So that is not nothing. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, 40-17. That's uh, that'll be the last time we say that score again. Otherwise, until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We will be back later this week, possibly releasing an episode sometime on Wednesday for our Georgia-Kentucky preview. If you have any comments, questions, or anything else, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Of course, you can always leave an iTunes podcast review and ask a question there as well. That's it. We'll see you on campus this Saturday. Have a great week, and as always, go dogs. Go dogs.